Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, January 23rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The AFC Championship game is set. Cincinnati at Kansas City for the second straight year should be a good one. The games against these teams over the past two seasons have been close, each decided by a field goal. The problem for the Chiefs is the Bengals have won all of them. Patrick Mahomes is 0-3 against Joe Burrow as starting quarterbacks. We're going to spend all week talking about the game, but today let's look back at the Chiefs' victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round. Playoff victories are such a big thing, I don't think any should be overlooked while ramping up for the next game. So today's show is about the 27-20 victory on Saturday, a game in which Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain. Beat writers Jesse Newell and Herbie Teope speak to the injury. Since we talked, the news has been good, and Mahomes will be fine for Sunday's game, if a little sore. Of course, Mahomes' ankle will be the major storyline this week. Also on the show, which originated as a Sports Beat Live after the Jacksonville game, we ask our viewers who they'd like to see the Chiefs play in the AFC title game. An interesting collected collection of opinions there. So let's get started talking Chiefs. Good evening and welcome to snowy Arrowhead Stadium and welcome to Sports Beat Live. This is our Kansas City Chiefs post-game show playoff edition. Join us, please, with your questions and comments and talk about the Chiefs' 27-20 to 20 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round uh, with us. Uh, Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell are here to discuss the game that uh, was interesting on several levels. The first thing I'll say is the Chiefs never trailed in this game. It was tied once at seven, and yet there we all were you know, until the last seconds of this game, uh, waiting for it to, uh, you know, to, to feel like the Chiefs could walk off the field with, with a victory, comfortably with a victory. So, it was that kind of game, but of course, the the moment that everybody wants to talk about is Patrick Mahomes. And as the questions come in from Brian and and Larry and all, um, what is the latest on Patrick Mahomes? With he went down in the second quarter with an injury to his ankle, missed a series, and we'll talk about that series, which was spectacular um, by backup quarterback Chad Henney. But Herbie, what is the latest? Uh, on the Patrick Mahomes ankle injury, what did Andy Reid say about it afterwards? Well, Andy Reid after the game said they, you know, he w- sent him back there to get X-rays, and he would not have put him back in the game if Mahomes didn't check out, and that was the key thing. He said he had to be able to protect himself. Now I asked Patrick Mahomes point blank how that ankle was feeling, and he said, "Hey, it feels better than I thought it would be." You know, and so that that's a good sign. And then he also mentioned he was going to hit treatment immediately tonight. Another good sign. And then Mahomes took it a step further and said, it's a good thing it was a Saturday game. Their next game, obviously, is the AFC Championship game, which is Sunday. So he has an extra day to rest. And he said he's going to do everything that he can to be 100%. Now, what's going to probably end up happening here as the Chiefs prepare to face still the undetermined opponent, whether that's the Bills or the Bengals, as they go into practice, it would not surprise me to see them hold them out maybe for a day or two or maybe one day and then limit him on Thursday and let him try to go full on Friday. But we'll see what happens here. Andy Reid didn't want to commit to what his plan was. You know, essentially he just said, we'll see. 
So Jesse, take us, let's let you and I try to recreate what we saw um, on the field uh, with the injury. And then uh, when, when Patrick was on the sidelines, what we were seeing there, um, you, you've gone back and looked at the replay several times of, of the tackle clean, not clean. It seemed a little bit gray area to me. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um kind of land on the leg the way that uh, the defender that did there for the Jaguars. Um, I know there was some debate online about that clean or not. And uh, obviously there's going to be some discussion. We'll see if there's a fine that comes out of that eventually, but uh, either way it's football and sometimes it happens. And, you know, the offensive line has done such a good job of keeping Patrick Mahomes clean recently in, in weeks. And that was one where uh, left tackle left guard didn't block well enough to, to keep Patrick Mahomes upright. And so, it does leave sort of an interesting uh, dynamic coming forward because, you know, it's going to be really hard to pull Patrick Mahomes off the field. And by saying that, like, I'm not talking about his performance. I'm talking about pulling Patrick Mahomes off the field. He does not want to come off the field. In fact, he was kind of throwing a fit on the sidelines when he was just having to go to the locker room to get checked out in the second quarter. I uh, basically said that there was an ultimatum put on him to say that, okay, uh, if you don't go to the sideline, uh, then I'm not letting you back in the game no matter what anyway. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting week for the Chiefs to see how the thing heals up. And uh, obviously it's going to be topic number one heading into this because we know how important Patrick Mahomes is to this team's success. We saw what Chad Henney could do in, in one possession, but uh, going against the Bengals or Bills, obviously the Chiefs want to be full strength. But I would be – I'm going to tell you right now, like I think he's hurt pretty bad, and I think it's going to be painful, and I would be shocked if he's not the starter next week for the Chiefs. Uh, in that AFC championship game. So you're going to live and die with this guy. That's the way things go. And uh, he's tape or shots or painkillers or whatever it's going to be. Patrick Mahomes is going to be out there on the field, I would assume, for the Chiefs, just in case, unless something happens unforeseen here in the next seven or eight days. Blair, you and I covered that 2019 season where he had the dislocated kneecap, and then all of a sudden he was back. You know, So – yeah, I'm not going to put anything over. Yeah, two and a half games with a dislocated kneecap. So now we're talking about an ankle injury. Uh, I, I, like with Jesse, I want to proceed with caution here, but you know, I'm, I'm, I, I fully anticipate him playing in the AFC Championship game. They wouldn't, you know, the, the fact that he says he's hitting treatment tonight. You know, he he knows he wants to get ready. What what would we expect from a uh, limited, somewhat limited Patrick Mahomes? Uh, look, we. That had to be, you know, it had to be, there had to be limitations on what he was allowed to do in the second half when he, when he played the entire second half tonight. And the, the Chiefs offense wasn't as, as crisp in the second half as it was when, the, when, when Mahomes had led him to a touchdown on a field goal drive in the first half. So, um, you know, obviously his mobility is going to be curtailed with, with an ankle injury. How important is that to him, Jesse? What, how important is it to the Chiefs for Mahomes to, um, to to be mobile? Yeah, I thought Chris Collinsworth was talking a lot about this on the broadcast and bringing up a good point, which is when you don't have Tyree Kill, when you don't have the dynamic playmakers, a lot of what they've relied upon with Patrick Mahomes so far this season is when something's not there, he takes off and runs, and his mobility really gives teams problems. You've seen him work on sprint outs. You've seen him work to get outside the pocket when teams do not contain him. And so that limits that aspect of it. And we saw him a little bit in the second half do this, which was he would start to step up in the pocket. He would start to scramble. He would, he would kind of feel the ankle catch like, oh, shoot, I have this ankle injury. And then he'd still find another receiver. So it is funny. It's like 
you know, when, when Tyreek Hill was traded away, it's almost like the Chiefs and Fred Beach and Andy Reid banked on the fact that Patrick Mahomes can do this in a different way, and he proved them right. This is just another example. It's like he's going to have to beat you in a different way than he's been doing it this whole season because that mobility is what has given him kind of another edge, another a level he can take his game to when teams are trying to stop him with man coverage, things like that. So it's just sort of learning to, to deal around it and how healthy you can get it and, and then trying to do your best from there. But as we saw in the second half, I mean, the offense did not completely go off the rails. It just, it was different than what we normally see with Patrick Mahomes where he can use his legs and, and take down defenses that way. He probably just has one less weapon at his disposal, probably will next week, but uh, still Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and he's the guy you want on the field. Well, and the, I think the Chiefs will do everything they can in terms of play calling to, to limit um, his uh, you know, time in the pocket. And uh, I, I can see the Chiefs wanting to get, you know, get the ball out of his hands quickly, try to avoid um, the hit. He, I, I don't, he wasn't sacked today. I don't think the Chiefs had a, a uh, either Henny or Mahomes was sacked today. If I, am I right, Herbie, is that, uh, that seem right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that w- – Assuming he plays and he'll play, you know, he'll play this week, uh, then uh, then it, it'll uh, the Chiefs will have to tweak a few things. But if any if any team can create uh, an environment for Patrick Mahomes to succeed in, it's it's the Andy Reid offense. And I, I, I expect that they will get, um, you know, we, we may see a tweak or two, a wrinkle or two different next week. But uh, um, I, I'm not sure how limit how much that will limit the Mahomes effectiveness. I think if anything, it's going to limit his creativity. Some of his most I, you know, jaw-dropping plays this year have come when he's scrambled around. The touchdown, the no-look touchdown pass to uh, Jarek McKinnon in Denver, which happened as he scrambled out to the right. Uh, the touchdown pass to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the spinning move, you know, the touchdown. In Tampa. In the yeah, in Tampa. Yeah. And, of course, the Superman play that Jesse wrote about against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So a lot of that stuff that is his creativity. And if anything, that an ankle injury will curtail that. And maybe it'll force him to just stay in the pocket and pick a receiver quicker, you know, uh, uh, starting, starting next week. Well, uh, it is, uh, it's going to give us all something to talk about this week, every day, every opportunity that we have to talk to Andy, you guys got tired of us talking about uh, McCole Hardman. Just wait till you get uh, Patrick Mahomes news every hour on the hour, if we can provide it this week. Um, hey, a lot of other things happened in this game today. I guess let's let's just uh, connect the the quarterbacks from from Mahomes to Chad Henney. What, what can you say about his possession? Um, you know the. the the, the Chiefs take over at the two, and in comes Chad Henney. And I'm thinking, just don't get a safety here, right? Just don't give up two and have to kick the ball, make it a 10 to nine game, which is what it would have been at the time. And um, and then it just goes first down, first down, first down, first down. Pacheco, that was the that was the 39 yard run possession that got him down to the you know to the three, and and um, and then. Uh, to, to the four, I guess, and then Henny finishes off with the with the one yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. So uh, terrific stuff by Chad Henny. Um, so Jesse, quarterback controversy going into next week? No, there won't be. But some really good details from the Chiefs locker room about that. I got Andrew Wiley uh, late in the uh, in the locker room session and asked him about 
Chad Henney, what happened in that huddle? You know, they're at the two yard line. The energy is kind of sucked out of the building. And I wasn't shooting video, but uh, Andrew said that Chad came into the huddle and kind of did one of these numbers <laughs> and kind of danced a little bit. And Andrew was sort of like, you know, they all started laughing. The linemen started laughing at him. And it's like, dude, we're at the two yard line, you know, like, like, but it lightened them up, it lightened the mood. And I'm um, talking to different guys. They you know they said different things. Creed Humphrey said that he came in and told the offensive lineman a joke to start off with to uh, to settle things down a little bit, or I guess you know get everybody loose. And you know, of course, I asked for the joke, and he said, "Well, I don't think that it's something that should be displayed for public serve, you know, public purposes." So uh, probably a really funny one if if I had to guess the joke that uh, Chad had said in there. And then I talked to Justin Watson a little bit, and he said that. Uh, it was like Eric Bieniemy was calling the plays. I mean, you just have this veteran sense where the play call, it's said with certainty, it's said correctly. Uh, there was a really big third and three call that they had where uh, the Jaguars lined up six guys on the line of scrimmage. The Chiefs had five blockers. So actually, Chad Henney, after a timeout, goes up, checks the protection, moves them, shifts them to the right, which means that there's going to be a free rusher on the left. That free rusher comes straight to him. He knows it's hot. He has to throw the ball immediately, gets it to Travis Kelsey, his playmaker. Travis Kelsey dives forward for first down. And, oh, by the way, Chad Henney takes one in the chops and gets a 15-yard penalty off of that. But, I, you know, talking to those guys, I think that's a perfect example, perfect encapsulation of what Chad Henney is for this team. He was ready. He knows the offense as well as anybody, maybe including coaches. And he was very calm in a setting that could have been jarring, especially we know this atmosphere here. You get to a playoff game and, and Patrick Mahomes gets injured. The life gets sucked out of the place. So – for the Chiefs to answer that with a 98-yard drive and to have a veteran quarterback come in, be ready for his moment, prepare every day like he's going to go in there, complete zero passes on the season coming into today, and then march a 98-yard drive down the field. I think that was one of the biggest moments of the game. And again, it's a credit to a guy who was always uh, remaining like he was going to be in there the next play. And sure enough, when the playoffs came and the Chiefs really needed him, Chad Henney stepped up. Somebody can look this up. Uh, I don't have uh, access to it right now, but I, I want to say that when Chad Henney came into the Browns game in the same round, the divisional round game, and after the uh, in the 2020 regular season, I'm not sure Henney had taken a snap that year. I, that may have been his first action of the season. In that uh, that uh, when when uh, Mahomes had the head injury in the third quarter, and then Henney had to play a quarter and a half. Um, I remember, you know, he gets. Gets all the credit in the world for that big uh, fourth down throw to Tyreek and to clinch the game, and he did a nice job in in that regard. But he also threw an interception that kept the game close. So um, this was uh, this was something. Be what would have the odds been? What were the percentage of success, chances of success been in these conditions? Backup quarterback playing for the first you know first meaningful time this year on the two in a playoff game. Now, it was at home, so they had that going for him. Uh, and then to drive the team 98 yards for a touchdown. That was um, that's one of the great drives of the Andy Reid Chiefs era. No, no doubt about it as far as I'm concerned, given the let's circumstances all, and the player. Let's give some credit to – I do want to mention this player. We talk about how the Chiefs have become more versatile. You know, their first touchdown, they have uh, Herbie Sayrett, 13 personnel. They put three tight ends on the field. That was a, a – Personnel group, they use 5% of the time last year, 10% this year. But they do that, and they get all these linebackers on the field who can't cover Travis Kelsey. They dump it off to Kelsey. One guy slips. The other guy can't get to him, and they score a touchdown. The versatility you have with the offense now is that that drive, they needed to run the football. And guess what they did? 
they ran the football. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco had the long run. Even before that, some of the first plays of the drive, he was able to get downhill. The Chiefs mm-hmm. blocked it really well. So I think this is something that maybe a year ago would have been a lot tougher for the Chiefs, where they were more shotgun. They were more, hey, you got to get one running back, one tight end on the field. This time, they've got different things they can go to. They've got a counterpunch. You know, they don't just have the uppercuts and hit you down the field. They've got the jabs. And uh, they really jabbed the Jags to death on that particular drive to go all the way down the field. So, and he deserves a lot of credit for the third down plays and keeping that drive going. As I mentioned, uh, the play where he shifts the protection, knows where the hot's coming from. It's Travis Kelsey, a playmaker, all those sorts of things. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the offensive line, Isaiah Pacheco, deserves a lot of credit for that drive because even when the Jags knew the Chiefs were running it, the Chiefs still ran it down their throat. That was a big possession. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Okay, we've got some other topics to discuss, but before we do, I want to ask Larry and James and Kelly and Kathy and Brian uh, and everybody on on the um, uh, out there tonight. Tell me who you'd rather see the Chiefs play next week in the playoffs. Uh, the the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead or the Buffalo Bills in Atlanta. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But we need to get to Travis Kelsey's game. And uh, whoever was going to – whoever the quarterback was going to be today, Travis Kelsey was going to be a big part of the game plan. 14 receptions, 98 yards. The 14 receptions is a career high for him, not just a playoff best, but a career best for Travis Kelsey. He's never had a game where he caught 14 passes. He's had many more yards in a game, but um, Herbie, this was this was one of Travis's best games, wasn't it? 17 targets, okay? To put that number in perspective, eight other wide receivers on the Chiefs uh, roster combined for 18. So of the 35 targets out there, if I'm doing my math properly, yep, seven, he had 17. I asked him after the game, I said, what's up with that? You know, 17 targets, was this something that y'all might have identified against the Jaguars coming into the game? And he essentially said, no, they, they were going off of the defensive looks. But 17 targets is pretty jaw-dropping. And, and, you know, you take advantage of that any day of the week because he is an all-pro for a reason. I do want to mention this, Blair. I mean, it's tough to get Travis to talk about himself. We know that by now. He's all about the team goals. It was tough to get him to talk about himself, rightfully so after this game. But being in the locker room, I mean, this is the sort of thing you don't think about. Um, His pants were green. The Chiefs don't (laughs) have green as a color. But, I mean, you think about 17 targets, 14 catches. um, The dude was hit a lot today. And he also had some really key blocks in there. And so when you're talking about this complete performance from him and him stepping up, really when the Chiefs needed him and when, you know, Patrick Mahomes was down and the offense couldn't go anywhere else. I talked about the third and three play where Henny was immediately looking to Kelsey. What do you know? He was open. He breaks a tackle. He gets the three yards needs with first down. But not only that, I mean, just the load to take on your body to say, I can be the guy 14 different times in this game and move the team down the field. Uh, yeah, that, that was a, a warrior-like performance from, Ch- from, from Travis Kelsey. And again, I think some of us, I mean, here I am in the press box with a snow globe behind me, you know, sitting in a tie. It's hard to appreciate really until you get to the locker room and go, 
that dude is wearing grass pants. I mean, he was on the turf so much he's wearing grass pants. That's the sort of effort he gave for the Chiefs. I mean, he dedicated himself, his body, to make sure they got a win today. And, uh, you know, can't really say much more than that. The Chiefs desperately needed a performance like that from him against the Jaguars defense that really struggles to cover the tight end. Sometimes that can be those matchups that never materialize. This one did. Kelsey was everything for the Chiefs today, and uh, it's hard to see them winning without him in there in this particular game. Yeah, there were a couple of times I turned to Vahe sitting next to me when, you know, he was 14 of 17, right? 14 catches on 17 targets. And at least two of those targets were he was open. And Mahomes, I think it was Mahomes both times, it just missed him. Um, so, I mean, it could have been an even bigger number for uh, for Kelsey today. And I think both of them came also – I could be wrong. Maybe just be one of them. But at least one of them came when after the injury – where we, we weren't sure about Mahomes' footing and his ability to, you know, to, to push off and, and how that was affecting his throwing at the time. So, um, so yeah. And let's um, and let's uh, let's let's give special teams its due. Harrison Butker, um, uh, two fifty-yard field goals. You, you just hope the monkey's off his back now. Um, but but kickoff coverage, Herbie. What can we say about that? What the hell were the Chiefs doing kicking to uh, to Jamal Ag? I mean, that guy's – you don't kick to that guy. What are they doing? That guy's a stud. Yeah, hey, uh, but I'll, I'll say this. You just mentioned Harrison Bucker. Bucker came up with a huge tackle. He you know, did, yeah. In the fourth quarter on Agnew, because if he doesn't tackle him, Agnew might still be running. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing my hands up in the air. Yeah, that, that decision to kick to Agnew was kind of a head-scratching, and thankfully we will get Dave Tobe this week. And it seems like every week we're asking Tobe about something that happened in the previous uh, the, the coverage was brutal, uh, but, you know, Agnew is a pro bowler, like Andy Reid said. He's a pro bowler for a reason. But if a guy's a pro bowler, you don't kick to him. I need to listen back to my tape. Harrison Bucker was talking as I was talking to Andrew Wiley. Their lockers are pretty close to each other. And I think Harrison was taking responsibility for not booting that one further. Says he's got to get more into the kick because obviously – on the second one, Agnew had already returned the first one. But having said that, I mean, you, you go both ways. I think a lot of people were worried about a kick costing the Chiefs a game. And to the Chiefs' credit, the holds were perfect. The kicks were perfect. The field goal unit worked as a whole. The Chiefs will take that for the rest of the playoffs, you know, just that consistency that they had today. And Bucker was drilling them down the middle. As far as Dave Tobe goes, I mean, some of these things I almost feel bad for him because it's like, you know, how much can he really – help a holder you know like if he's answered a question about a holder it's like the guy just has to hold the ball you know what i mean like it's, he's got to do his job when it comes to kickoff return coverage that's a lot on dave toe you know what i mean so he will be answering questions this next week about that it's hard to return kicks in the nfl the jaguars almost turn, returned two for touchdowns today so that's got to get cleaned up before the next round we, we as we often do we talk about mahomes and kelsey and uh, and, and pacheco and mckinnon and the offense the offensive line I thought the defense had a good day today. That's not necessarily a great day, but a good day to get a couple of uh, takeaways in the fourth quarter on back-to-back possessions. The, um, the the Nick Bolton fumble recovery. I still don't know who they credited with the forced fumble, but Bolton got the recovery. And then, of course, the the, the Jalen Watson interception, the one-handed interception that was terrific. Um, both of those kept the, the the kept the game at a two-score lead for the Chiefs. Uh, it was 27 to 10, I think, in, in both of those. Uh, 27 to 17, I mean, uh, when both of those uh, takeaways happened. Frank Clark gets a, a sack. He now has – isn't this an incredible thing? 
He has 12 postseason sack. That's tied with Reggie White for the fourth most all-time in, in NFL playoff history. That's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Derek Nottie with a, with, a, with a sack today. That was cool to see. Um, I thought the defense, it wasn't outstanding, but it was solid. Uh, it, it, was, it was good. And, um, and they should feel okay about where they are defensively. Okay, hey, so you guys uh, chimed in. Good stuff. Um, a couple of bills. Uh, a couple of people want to see the bills, but most people want to see the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead. And I think that's probably the um, – if both opponents were at uh, – would be at Arrowhead, then maybe we'd be at a little bit more split. But I think the majority of folks want to see the, the Cincinnati Bengals in Kansas City next week. Uh, what um, – we, we, for whatever reason, and I think these were mostly television reporters asking Chiefs who they want to play as if you're going to get an answer um, from, from them on this. Uh, of course, there was no answer from players on this. They, they would be foolish to, to, to list a preference. But um, let's – because the game is tomorrow, right, I think it's a 2.30, I want to say 2.30 game, Bills-Bengals, um, something like that. And um, what, what, what do we need to think about going into that game when it comes uh, to – Better matchup for the Chiefs, Herbie. You go, you take it. I'm, I'm going to go with the Bills. Obviously, it, when you look at the past history here, and I know some people don't like looking at history, but the Chiefs have lost three straight games to the Bengals for some reason or another. They match up really, really well against the Chiefs. Now with the Bills, the Bills seem to have the Chiefs number during the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, two straight years, Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs come away with a win. Uh, so my heart though says. Hey, let's stay at Arrowhead, or excuse me, let's stay at G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium uh, for the AFC Championship game. But my head is telling me we're going to Atlanta because it's going to be the Bills and the Chiefs. What say you, Jesse? Yeah, I will uh, disagree, which makes for good programming, and it's why the comments are split as well. Um, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're cheering, cheering for Cincinnati to, to play here again next week. And I know the Bengals have beat them three times in a row, but – this is just the math side of me right here. Um, you play a neutral game against the Bills, it's probably about to pick them. Uh, question mark, if Mahomes, you think, is 100%, potentially that makes the Bills a one-point favorite, two-point favorite, something like that. Here against the Bengals, you're a four-and-a-half or a five-point favorite again to be able to advance to the Super Bowl. Now, like the Chiefs were a seven-point favorite against Cincinnati last year. Same situation, didn't get it done. But, you know, when you're talking about percentage points, when you're talking about um, strength of team, I, I – I think the Bills are better. I think Josh Allen has a higher upside. I think that uh, obviously the Bills defense at times has performed better over the course of the season than the Bengals has. And anytime you get to play it here rather than a neutral site where I'm sure 60 to 65% is going to be Bills fans because if we think about their fan base, they're desperate for two things right now. They're desperate to beat the Chiefs and they're desperate to make the Super Bowl. And they can get one ticket and potentially see both of those if uh, they win the game tomorrow. So I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you are rooting for the Bengals. Yes, it'll be the fourth time in a row you've faced them and you've lost the previous three, but uh, I just think it's one of those where Vegas is going to have you a favorite and you're going to be a home game, which adds a couple points. So uh, I think if you're looking at it that way, that's the way you want to go. I will uh, add. A, I will say this. I, I know Herbie will smile with me saying that. I will say this. Chiefs, Bills, and Atlanta could be epic. I mean, it could be college football style, half the stadium red, half the stadium blue, you know, 1500 bucks to get the cheapest seat in people just going bonkers. Some of the best atmospheres you have is, is not these home environments. Actually it's, it's when two sides are trying to one up each other 
as far as fan bases go. And that's exactly what that would be, especially with the Bills so desperate to make a Super Bowl with this group of players and this particular coach. So if that does pan out, I think it could be an unbelievable game. Maybe one of those games that we talk about for the next decade, two decades, that sort of thing, because it would be two equal teams playing in this neutral setting that the NFL has really never seen before. But if you're a Chiefs fan wanting to make the Super Bowl, I think you want to see the Bengals. I think you want to play it right back here. Well, yeah, and speaking of that atmosphere, it's something that the uh, two things, the game would be in prime time, right? It's a, I think it's a 6.30 Eastern start, and it's the second of the two championship games next Sunday. And it's the type of atmosphere, Jesse, that you described that the NFL never has. Even with the Super Bowl, um, it's, it's you know, fans of one side, fans of the other, but mostly a corporate setting. You know, you don't get the uh, the bowl game uh, atmosphere at the Super Bowl. You just don't. Um you know, some of the best atmospheres I've ever seen in college football are Texas, Oklahoma, where the where the you know the stadium is split. And uh, you mentioned it, and uh, Kansas, Missouri basketball at at, uh, at Old Sprint Center, that exhibition game, and Missouri, Illinois basketball it, when they play in St. Louis. I, it's really cool when the stadium is is, is split with uh, with fans. So we'll see. Um, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, Brian has asked the important question. Um, uh, bad ankle, better indoors or outdoors on the, on the turf. So uh, that's, that to me is the question to ask, what, uh, what will Mahomes' ankle re- react better to the, the turf in Atlanta or the, the grass at Arrowhead? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's something we'd have to ask this week. Yeah. The players love the turf, but the other thing that makes me think would be the uh, weather. You know, the weather could be crappier here than potentially in a dome. And we know Mahomes loves playing in domes. So that's another thing that kind of puts the matchup in your head. You think Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes potentially playing in a dome matchup. Uh, what would the over-under be on that particular game? Oh my Probably gosh. pretty high. All right. Just for Herbie, uh, also to continue the comparisons, the like the K-State TCU Big 12 championship game at Arlington, that was uh, that was a split crowd, but you, you couldn't tell by looking at the colors of the fans uh, that the fans were wearing. So um, just by just by the cheers. Uh, all right, you guys, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Jesse, Herbie, and I both all have to get back to writing some, some stories that you can read on KansasCity.com. I hope you will. In addition to those being written by Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell. And um, we will come back at you a couple of times next week as we prepare for the Chiefs' fifth straight AFC championship game. Maybe five in a row at Arrowhead. Maybe four at Arrowhead and one at a neutral site. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks to George Howard for producing. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Monty Davis and Randy Mason for producing today's podcast and to George Howard for producing the live stream on Saturday. Tip of the cap to beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. The Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com, and the Morning Sports Edition are your best sources for Chiefs coverage. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to check out the Morning Sports Edition. I say it's the nation's best digital newspaper. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Every day.